Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hey there, and thanks for joining us today. I am your host, Scott Johnson. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Going Ringside. If you want to go back right now and watch last week's episode on Alicia Fox, real name Victoria Crawford, when she talked with us, fun episode there, talked all about the women's division, the divas division, when she was in there, and a lot of stuff. Go back and look at it right now um, in the archives. Uh, still a great show that we just did a week ago. And today, we need to talk about the CM Punk AEW drama. There's a lot of it. But before we do, I want to remind you to give us a follow at, at Going Ringside at both TikTok and Instagram, where we're um, showing exclusive content every day, some from the podcast, some that you'll only see on TikTok and Instagram at, at Going Ringside. So give us a follow. One of the things that we put out this past week was our most viewed video ever on the channel on TikTok concerning Braun Breaker. Um, and he did this uh, spot at the end of NXT in the last week or so where he slammed a guy's he uh, head with the steel chair and there was concern on if the guy was hurt um, and where the steel steps hit. Here's our uh, post that we put up on TikTok. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. A lot of talk right now about what happened at the end of NXT last night. Let's start the video right here. Braun Breaker takes the steel steps and essentially smashes Von Wagner's head. And you can see WWE cuts it to black at that point. So Bodyslam.net is one outfit that's reporting. There was a lot of concern that this spot didn't go as planned. That he may have really been hitting the head hard. Um, there's concern there, but they did say that a stretcher was able to come out and get him uh, help with EMTs. Now, it's hard to say what storyline and what's not. But Bodyslam.net is one outlet that is saying they talked to a lot of sources who were really concerned that that spot did not go as planned, that there might have been an actual injury there. Now that has spawned a lot of debate on our at Going Ringside TikTok channel because there are other videos that exist on the internet that were fan-made videos you can watch. You can see the steps don't necessarily come down. It's step on step and it doesn't hit his head. But if you look closely, kind of looks like the back corner of the step might have somewhat got his head. So you can look at that and um, check it out. But you can go get in this debate right now at at Going Ringside on TikTok where we also released another video. Um, so... Let's unpack the CM Punk incident. Um, CM Punk was brought in in 21 to AEW. Obviously, CM Punk has been a guy who has brought courted controversy everywhere he went. Obviously, he did a lot um, in WWE, really starting with the Pipe Bomb promo back in 2011, and, and was always a guy who did his own thing. He tried UFC for a while, and he was considered a guy who backstage may be a bit of a problem, may rile up the locker room. But AEW brings him in in 2021. He goes on to win a couple world titles. He's in high-profile feuds. He's arguably the biggest um, name w AEW ever signed. You could make the argument, is it Chris Jericho? Is it um, Sting or Brian Danielson? Maybe Moxley to a point. But I think you'd be pretty, you'd make a pretty healthy argument that a, uh, 
Kenny, or I'm sorry, CM Punk was their biggest sign, biggest name they ever signed. It was a big deal when Punk, Punk brought in uh, because he had been out of wrestling for so long. So he comes in, has a lot of, you know, big time storylines feuding with um, MJF uh, and others and eventually wins the world title a couple times. Problems arise in September of last year, September of 22. Um, when he has an altercation with three guys who were essentially almost you could call founders of AEW alongside Tony Khan, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, um, the Jackson brothers. And they have an altercation backstage, a legit altercation fight. Um, there's a lot of debate on what exactly happened, but Tony Khan stepped up. At the end of the day, Tony Khan did lengthy suspensions for four of his top stars, which was pretty impressive that he did it. I mean, CM Punk, arguably his biggest signee ever. Matt and Nick Jackson, as well as Kenny Omega, fixtures with the company who were kind of executive vice presidents, I believe was their title. They helped found AE, uh, you know, start AEW with Tony Khan. The fact that he suspended them was pretty incredible because of how entrenched they were with AEW since its inception. But Tony Khan laid the hammer down. All four guys were gone for a while. They weren't gone forever. Eventually, after several months, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they show back up. And then with a lot of debate, eventually they bring back CM Punk. And Punk comes back. And... It's a big deal for them. Obviously, Punk is arguably their biggest name, as I said. So CM Punk comes back to the company, and and it seems like things for a time are settled, and we're wondering if any of the real-life heat between the elite and CM Punk will rear its ugly head again. But as the summer went on, we're building toward the biggest event ever, for AEW. That would be all in at Wembley Stadium, 81,000 tickets. This is a huge business deal for AEW to accomplish the biggest wrestling crowd of all time, 81,000 people in Wembley Stadium. So, you know, all eyes are on this event. It's a big deal for AEW. The wrestling world is watching this. And then after the event, we start hearing about the Jack Perry incident. Another guy who has been a fixture in AEW has been Jungle Boy Jack Perry. His last name is the most famous part of him because of his dad, Luke Perry. Luke Perry was uh, on 90210 and a mainstream A-list star for many years in Hollywood. Jack Perry has been a fixture in AEW ever since as Jungle Boy. He's, he's had a, a tag team run. He's had a singles run. And so he's... I wouldn't say he's up there with the elite, but I, as far as guys who have been there since the very beginning in AEW and have been a constant player with the company, I mean, you have the elite, you have MJF, you have Jungle Boy Jack Perry, I would say really are some of your top ones, who, who, who started in AEW mostly, did not you become famous like a Chris Jericho or a Sting in WWE or WCW and come over to AEW, they were built. They became famous names um, as AEW was built. I mean, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were already over. We understand that. But they've been fixtures in AEW. They weren't brought over from WWE. Um, and so 
there's a backstage altercation with Jack Perry and CM Punk. Word starts to spread on social media around the world. And soon enough, it is like wildfire. It's all everyone's talking about. What happened backstage and all in with um, CM Punk um, and Jack Perry. So we're not sure what's going to happen here. It's a backstage fight. You know, Tony has suspended people before. Backstage fights happen in wrestling. Um, so we weren't sure. And then I want to say it was a Saturday afternoon. I, I took note of the fact that it was a Saturday. It was before um, their live event they were going to have going on, but also a Saturday, maybe a slow news day. And sometimes if you want to get news out that you don't want to be discussed in the middle of the news cycle of the work week, you do it on a Saturday. I don't know if that applies to wrestling because wrestling is its own world. Um, but as of right now, on that Saturday, AEW puts out a statement. CM Punk has been fired. This is a big blow to AEW. This is a shock to the wrestling world that AEW, arguably the secondary promotion, fired maybe the biggest star in the industry. And so we get the note, and within minutes, on at Going Ringside TikTok, we're announcing what has happened. Here's our announcement about the firing of CM Punk. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. Breaking news, CM Punk has been fired by AEW. This follows all those allegations and debates been going on of what happened backstage at All In in London, whether or not he was involved in a scuffle with various wrestlers. Well, CM Punk was investigated by AEW. Phil Brooks is real name. This is a statement from AEW. The termination follows a week-long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW at All In on Sunday. So following the investigation, they have a discipline committee, apparently. They convened with legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation that they're firing him. So this is what Tony Khan has to say. This is his statement. Phil played an important role within AEW. I thank him for his contributions. The termination of his AEW contracts with cause, that's important, is ultimately my decision and mine alone. Of course, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to many of our fans. Nevertheless, I am making the decision in the best interest of the amazing people who work with AEW every possible week, our talent staff, venue operators, and many others whose efforts go unsung but are essential to bringing. You get the point here. They're saying it was with cause. Legal was a part of this. So this was a legit investigation. Stuff happened. Bill Brooks, CM Punk, is gone from AEW. So after that, I decided we need to do a whole show on this. Um, later on in this episode, we're going to be talking to two people. One is one of our friends from the Turnbuckle Tavern podcast will join us in a few minutes to discuss this. Also, a little later on, we're going to talk to a high-profile entertainment and sports lawyer who's dealt with a lot of high-profile um, cases involving celebrities and athletes um, and just high-profile news events and kind of understands the world, a world like this. And we're going to ask him about uh, Tony Khan and going to legal counsel to fire CM Punk, whether CM Punk has any sort of legal recourse here. And there's a reason <clears throat> why I was really wondering about the legal recourse and whether Phil Brooks, a man, would want to sue AEW. I don't know if he has grounds. I don't know if he would. I mean, we only know what's been released. But one thing that was released 
which made me wonder, does CM Punk want to take legal action? Here's what Tony Khan went on television and did in the hours after the firing. When they had collision that Saturday night and Tony Khan went and addressed the wrestling community about why he had fired CM Punk. I want to watch this clip that Tony Khan did during AEW collision in the hours after the company announced it had fired Phil Brooks. And look at what Tony Khan, the owner of the company, went on television and said. Here it is. Today I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my professional career. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All-In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and it endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who helped put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all that time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my security, my safety, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. It came at the recommendation of a discipline committee here in AEW, as well as outside legal counsel who delivered a unanimous recommendation. And I have followed up on that recommendation. I'm sorry to any fans who are upset by this. I'm sorry to anyone who's upset by this. Despite that, we're going to have a great show tonight on Collision, and we're going to have a great AEW All-Out pay-per-view tomorrow here in Chicago. Last weekend was the greatest weekend in AEW history. This is the greatest week in AEW history. We're going to continue the great momentum here tonight on Collision and tomorrow night on All-Out pay-per-view. So he puts it out there, the thing that attracted the most attention based on that speech was not the, you know, I was a fan and all this. It was the statement that he felt his life was in danger. That got a lot of people wondering, like, are you overblowing it a little much? I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe there's stuff AEW has that we don't know about. There's been talk that they may have some video. We'll have to wait and see if that's ever released. Um, but to say he felt his life was in danger... Let's kind of unpack that for a little bit. So a lot of people were wondering about that. Like, why do you, you know, is that, do you really think your life was in danger? And they also started comparing him to Vince McMahon in old school wrestling. When a promoter had a problem with a talent and they settled it backstage in some fashion, it wasn't settled in a fashion where the promoter would go on television and said, I felt my life was in danger. So let's look at Vince, apples to apples, something that I think is somewhat similar, maybe not exactly, but somewhat. I mean, the Montreal Screwjob with Bret Hart, probably the most famous backstage altercation in the history of wrestling. When Vince called the Sean Bret match and ended it early, and the stories are that Bret came back in a rage and Vince like, give, give me a shot, let him punch him. And he punched Vince. And I think, and there's been talk about how Vince handled that. Vince just let him let him take a swing at him, and because uh, Brett was leaving, and there was a lot of heat and tension. And I saw someone in, in some of the commentary saying, you know, uh, Tony Khan needs a heater. I think heater, if I remember right, is kind of a, a slang term for a big enforcement guy, enforcer type guy backstage. 
who if there's real life physical issues, he can handle. I want to say Undertaker might have been one for Vince McMahon for a while when there was a lot of tension. I, I don't know, maybe someone like Samoa Joe or, or someone in that vein, uh, Satnam Singh, who can say, uh, don't mess with the boss. Um, but either way, th there's been a lot of reaction over how Tony Khan handled this. Some saying it needed to happen, he had to do it. Um, a, a CM Punk, in their opinion, is a plague to the locker room. And then when he's making an unsafe environment and starting fights backstage, and we only know so much, that he needed to fire him. There's others to say this is wrestling. You know, you, be, you need to be able to handle your men um, backstage and deal with it and, and not go on TV and say you felt your life was in danger and you had to fire him. There, there's kind of different sides of this debate on how Tony handled it. And CM Punk, did he need to go? Does he really have some severe problems or not? Um, and, and does Phil Brooks, CM Punk, have any, any sort of legal resource recourse here? I mean, AEW saying they, they met with legal counsel and decided to fire him, and they have apparently some sort of committee that votes on this. Um, so they probably have their ducks in a row. They're a major multi-million dollar company. Tony Khan has legal counsels. They probably knew what they were doing, but you have to wonder. So we're going to be talking to, as I said, an entertainment lawyer a little later on. But first, I wanted to talk to our friends with Turnbuckle Tavern Podcast. That's a, um, a good podcast. I've joined them before for one of their episodes. And I wanted to get their opinion on this CM Punk decision and where it goes from here and whether this was right or not. And also, this is the big thing people are wondering. Does he go back to WWE? Would he be welcome there? That's the other debate as well. So we are joined now by Colton Jesse with the Turnbuckle Tavern podcast. Uh, welcome today, Colton. Tell me all about the podcast before we get up and going. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. So Turnbuckle Tavern, you can find us at theturnbuckletavern.com. That's got all of our links, whether it be uh, Apple, Spotify, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we have unique pro wrestling content seven days a week so we have seven different shows we have a drop every single day of the week we cover all things professional wrestling from AEW, wwe to a, a show called brace for impact that i co-host on thursdays it covers everything impact wrestling shot of nostalgia which goes you know takes a look back at uh, some older eras of wrestling we'll usually tackle a year or two of a particular promotion at a time and it's just a just a good time over there it's been a uh, myself and uh, everybody else at the tavern really just love pro wrestling and, and love talking about it. Well, today we are talking about an AEW story that might just might become kind of a WWE story. We'll have to wait and see uh, the CM Punk debacle in AEW that has kind of been going on for a year. Finally crescendoed it all in with this backstage incident. Now he's been fired and, you know, there's a lot of back and forth there. Colton, what do you take away from it? Who do you think benefits? Who do you think hurts here? I mean, it's this has been quite a roller coaster. I've and I'll come out and say I've been on all sides of the punk situation since Brawl Out. Uh, I've been quite a roller coaster ride. I mean, when Brawl Out first happened, I remember watching the Scrum Live. I thought it was all a work, and I was very excited. I was like, "Oh man, there's a lot of heat on this. This is going to be a great storyline." And then we the news comes out that it was an actual physical altercation. He's gone until further notice. And, you know, I said many times that if bringing Punk back without the payoff of a, a CM Punk FTR versus the Elite, 
setup, I don't want him back at all if we're not going to get to that. Yeah. But then I was actually present in person at the United Center for his return for the first collision. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty hard to not be kind of swept up in the in the emotion and energy of the crowd for that return. And I actually really liked what he had to say a lot more when he when he first came back and, and made the comment about, you know, apologizing to the people who don't like him, saying, you know, the only people softer than you are the wrestlers that you like spray painting the belt, you know, very kind of an ode to Hogan and the NWO. I, I really enjoyed all that. And I, I'd gotten my hopes up again thinking, you know what, maybe him coming back can work. Even if we don't have this payoff directly, but well, let's, let's back up to last. I think it was September with the incident backstage with the elite. Uh, I mean, there's been rumors of what all, who was all involved. And obviously guys were put on a, a long-term suspension. Should see a punk have been brought back in the first place. Do you think after that? I mean, every, every, every one of their uncles talking about what he's like backstage. Yeah. I mean, mean, they have brought him back and the elite while we're at it. I mean, on, in retrospect, maybe not, you know, I I was, like I said, I, when he first got let go and it sounded like nobody was going to be able to do business, then yeah, I would have said, don't bring him back at all. It's not worth it. Not worth the trouble. But that storyline could have been the best storyline. I mean, the, the, the best storylines are when you work yourself into a shoot, you know, or when, or when a real a little reality in a storyline is some of the best that we've seen in history. I mean, think about, you know, Matt Hardy and Edge with real life, you know, love triangle with Lita. But it was, it was very entertaining TV. It's it a shame. It's still that no- played to this day, like 15 plus years later. Yeah. It's a shame that nobody can do business. Uh, that that I think is my biggest takeaway and frustration with this situation is, you know, I understand that it's a testosterone-filled, egocentric business. But, man, just think about the money that could have been made if we all could have put aside I mean, our, our, look our, at, our... Look our, at Brett and Sean. They still did business as much as they hated each other backstage. Exactly. So I'm pretty disappointed that... the I'm interested... There's a lot of questions I have after this situation. I think it's good that he's gone because obviously it seems like AW locker room inmates are running the asylum a little bit. I think it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing that Tony Khan has decided to finally take a stand, draw a line in the sand and make a bit of a sacrificial lamb out of CM Punk. And for as, you know, as far as we know, Jack Perry as well, he's suspended indefinitely. So I'm sure we'll see Jack Perry come back eventually, but there's no timeline on that. So Half so let's, to let's back up to, uh, I think it was one of the shows a couple of weeks ago, where Tony Khan goes on, set, addresses the the fan base, and says he thought his life was in danger. Um, Tony Khan's taking a lot of heat for that, like he's overtly putting himself out there. Think that was a good move or not? You know, when I first heard that line, I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, this is a work. Punk's going to show back up. <laughs> but it's that's not looking like the case at this point. So. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily a good or a bad move. You know, Tony, as much as I love the product that he's given me, he is not the most camera ready promoter that we've seen in in wrestling history. Really? I mean, and that's not fair to him. I mean, he's dealing with Vince, Pauly, and Bischoff, who are all just by nature, just good on camera. Tony doesn't have their on camera, I don't think. No, And I don't think that helps him. And I don't think that statement did him any favors, but honestly, the less time Tony spends on camera, the better. You know, I've been to multiple AEW live events. He comes out in person and addresses the crowd at every show. And the, he's much different 
in those situations where you know yeah. the red light's not on and he's talking about something that he's passionate about and talking to fans i think he excels really well there there's something so with i want to get red your light. opinion i put this on our going ringside tiktok channel speculating if he should turn to heel there i don't know i mean like when i think vince mcmahon and he did the brett screwed brett iconic interview with jim ross after the Shawn michaels montreal screwjob incident that kind of turned Vince heel on camera. It turned him into a heel character. And, you know, at the time, a lot of people were bashing Vince, thinking this, you know, you can't control your company, blah, blah, blah. But long-term from a business end, it led to his biggest boom ever. I just don't know if Tony Khan could pull something like that off. No, and I honestly, I don't want to see him attempt, at least at this point. I, I don't want to see Tony Khan as an on-camera character. Uh, I, the little breadcrumbs of it that we've seen to this point so far. I mean, I think back to what three or four weeks back with the backstage segment or the pre-tape vignette with MJF and Adam Cole, where they're backstage with the kangaroo kicks and the inflatable alligator and that whole situation where Tony brings them into the office and reprimands them. Wasn't, wasn't crazy about that. I, I like Tony behind the scenes, but I mean, just kind of getting back to the CM Punk issue as, as bummed out as I am that we're never going to see that payoff. I think it's the right call at this point. I think the the AEW locker room benefits by by cutting him out. You know, we're never going to know exactly what happened. You know, all we get is speculation, dirt sheet reports, things that have been leaked. It's, Do you think Punk will talk publicly about it? Depends. I mean, it's never really stopped him in the past. I was on, so we we have a debate show once a week at the Tavern uh, that airs on uh, YouTube on Sundays, and we drop the audio on, on Mondays on Apple and Spotify. And there was a debate of last week, well, actually, it'll be, yeah, be airing on this on Monday, that we discussed what made more sense, Edge coming to, w, to AEW or CM Punk going back to WWE. And our guest, Al Day, from the, the Gorilla Brain um, podcast, he painted this beautiful situation where punk shows up at survivor series in chicago belt in hand and throws it in the trash pulls a medusa going to wcw um and i got chills just thinking about it man and i'll I'll be up front i've been a lifelong wrestling fan but i've had times in my life where i've kind of taken a, a break and wasn't keeping up with it week to week for me when cena became the kind of the face of wwe was not my favorite time and i took quite a few years off so I, yeah. this punk's first punk's big run in wwe i was not actively watching wrestling so my experience with punk comes from watching old roh stuff but in live in real time is just his time in aew so i wasn't totally sold on him when he showed up and i can understand the resentment of these young guys in the back who have you know, started out on the indies and helped from day one build AEW up to what it is to be taking advice off a guy that bowed out of the business completely for seven years. Yeah, and that's and one th- thing I'm wondering about, because a lot of people have talked about, you know, you know, what does he do now? Does he go to WWE? I don't even know if he cares to do it. Like, I mean, pers- on a personal level, take take the wrestling out of it. Uh, this man who lives in Chicago got out of wrestling for a while, tried out a little UFC. It didn't work so well, but I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to do it uh, as a person. I don't know. I think only he knows that or people close to him know. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard to say, 
you know, there's a lot of, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much yeah. pro wrestling. There's so much good content out there every week. You couldn't try to consume all of it in a week's time. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you didn't have a full-time job to keep up to, it's almost impossible. I will say that if he showed back up on WWE, that would have me watching that programming week to week, not missing a thing. Uh, just sure. on, and one thing you mentioned, you know, he had that time in UFC WWE is no longer owned by McMahon. They've got their hands in it, but they're owned by Endeavor now, which is the parent company of UFC. And that's a, that's a very ba- that's a very valid point. It's no longer Vince McMahon being a little marionette there, and that might it might make CM Punk, Phil Brooks, more inclined to go to a different company if he did have a bad experience with the the longtime iteration of WWE as we knew it with Vince on top, Triple H is a second, you know, things like that. Now it's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. And Mr. Phil Brooks has always been on good terms with the the Endeavor brass. So, you know, that's I could see that being a little bit more of a, a reality than I would have thought it had been before the acquisition. So do you think the incentive of bringing him in is to stick it to AEW or do you think they care that much or would just rather bring in CM Punk and get the star power benefit out of it? I think it, to me, it's only to stick it to AEW because this is really? the conversation we were having last week too. WWE is doing fine right now. They're, they're, you know, ratings are good. Buy mm-hmm. rates for shows are great. You know, everybody, this, this bloodline storyline has been some of the best stuff that WWE's done in the last decade and, and people are, are hooked. They don't need CM Punk by any means. I think WWE be just fine without CM Punk. We, when we were talking about it last week, we likened it to, is it worth it to put a single drop of poison in a beautiful spring lake, <laughs> you know, yeah. where the water's clear and everything's growing and thriving. So just- one, one other thing I was wondering long-term, and this is the fantasy wrestling booker in me. Do you think a year, two years out, some smart, wise wrestling booker when things tensions are gone and you know time has healed some wounds that we see CM Punk showing up on the same show as like a member of the elite or uh, a jungle boy in a different incarnation two years down the road because you know the fans would remember it and the fans would like that heat. Oh, I yeah, I'll never forget it. I, I would love to see it. I worry about two years down the road. I mean just because you know punk's punk's getting up there in age as a wrestler and he is, he is. in good shape yeah but you know we hear it all the time from commentators and wrestlers alike there is no substitute you can be you can train every day there's no substitute for in-ring work you you will inevitably have some sort of ring rust or cardio yep. shortage if you're not in there getting reps in weeks in and weeks out. And I mean, and a few years now he's pushing 50 and exactly. I don't know how much he wants to be doing that to his body. Cause I mean, even in the short run he's had with AEW, I mean, he's been injured three times. So it's, I, I, I got a hard time seeing him. It, I feel like if he's going to stick in the wrestling business, whether it be popping back up in AEW or going to WWE or showing up somewhere else for that matter, you know, I know he's always wanted to wrestle in Japan. So, you know, New, New Japan is kind of in a situation right now while they're in kind of a transitionary period where a lot of their bigger stars are kind of, you know, on the on the way out towards retirement and they're still kind of establishing some new stars. So, you know, maybe he lands over there, but I think he's got to strike while the iron's hot. I think now it's either now or never. And for AEW, before we go, where do you think they go from here? They just keep trying to book the best stuff they can and hope this, you know, 
drama eventually moves on in a month or two? I, I do. And I'm very happy with where AEW is right now. I think they've bounced back very quickly. You know, I did not have a whole lot of hope necessarily, or I don't want to say hope, but I didn't have super high expectations for the all out show, especially given that there was only a week between all in and all out. There was only so much you could do with the build. I thought the all out show over delivered and I did not feel like there was a hole left there from CM Punk's absence. I thought the quality of the products and the matches and the storylines that we saw on that card were good enough to where I think they're on the right track. I'm getting very like, you know, late 2019, early 2020 vibes from AEW right now, which is I think one of their sweet spots in their peak. So I'm, I'm hoping they, they continue that run. One other question I want to get your opinion on, and later in the show, we're going to have an entertainment lawyer on to analyze this, but you know, wrestling. So I want to get your opinion. Tony Khan went on and essentially felt his life was in danger by Phil Brooks as a man. And he fired him. Do you think this goes beyond just wrestling? Do you think lawyers get involved or do you think that because it's wrestling, that doesn't happen? That's a, I think it's a great question. Uh, I think maybe at this point, it's not too far out of the realm of possibility to say that lawyers got involved because the lawyers have already been involved, obviously. I mean, depending on what you believe from what we've heard, you know, Punk said that he's tried to reach out to the elite and the elite are responding. The elite aren't responding to him. Lawyers are responding to him saying, quit trying to contact us. So I'd say at this point, you know, we've already had issues with him. We had a backstage incident that involved multiple wrestlers involved Brody King injuring his hand as a response to it at the biggest event with the biggest crowd in pro wrestling history across any promotion. I think at that point you have to play damage control and say, what is this guy worth? But And I'll throw this out there. I saw, I think this was on wrestling Twitter somewhere. Someone said something along the lines, they were going old school seventies, eighties and saying, you know, Tony Khan needs, I think they called it a heater. A guy in the locker room who takes care of problems backstage, kind of like they did in the old days. I mean, we're not in that world anymore where guys are in, you know, the back back alley of a bingo hall beating each other up in private time. I mean, I don't know that that works anymore, but what do you think of that thought about Tony Khan needs kind of a, a real life enforcer backstage for when things like these keep happening? I don't think it would hurt to especially have somebody step up and be a little bit of a, a locker room leader or a, the, the judge overseeing the wrestling court. I think Undertaker was kind of like that. And it's during a, a lot of the mid nineties drama. Yeah. As the reference that I've made there, that's, you know, nodding to Undertaker was overseeing wrestling court by, by any means. And, you know, I, you hear a lot of things where, you know, Undertaker talks about the state of wrestling these days and how he'd rather it go back to when people were carrying knives and guns with them than just playing video games and, and getting their feelings yeah. hurt. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that where it is. But sure. I, I think some kind of balance between the modern day and and that type of uh, backstage scenario is is probably something that, that Tony could use. Perfect. Well, Colton, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We really appreciate it. Once again, where people can listen to Turnbuckle Tavern. Turnbuckle Tavern, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Instagram. Come give us a follow. Leave us a five-star review. Like I said, seven days a week, wrestling content the way you like it. Colton, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. So we appreciate Turnbuckle Tavern joining us on the show today to discuss this. Um, so I wanted to get on the legal end here. So a few legal things have happened. As was said in the initial statement by AEW, they consulted legal counsel and had a committee vote, and it was a unanimous decision to fire Phil Brooks. Tony Khan then goes on that video we showed you earlier in the show and describes publicly why he fired CM Punk 
and also said he felt his life was in danger. When I saw that, I wondered to myself, if, if I'm Phil Brooks, does that bother me enough to get a lawyer, to get a lawyer involved? Would I want to sue AEW for some sort of defamation? I don't know if he has grounds to. You don't know. Um, I mean, AEW may have their evidence to show that they were right in doing this, and Tony Khan could accurately say, yes, I felt this way, and I had the ability to publicly say it without actual malice, which you have to often prove in a defamation suit. But I'm not a lawyer, so I went to one um, to, to kind of chat about this. His name is John Phillips. He's a local lawyer here in Florida, and he's dealt with the Khan family a lot, um, dealt with a lot of high-profile cases, both in the entertainment world, sports world, done some sports agent work in the years past. So he knows this kind of world and whether or not they want to bring lawyers into it or if this is just a PR fight between CM Punk and AEW, and if they just want to, you know, go their separate ways and let it be discussed on social media forever, or if lawyers actually get involved. I wanted to get his opinion, because he knows how this works, both publicly with lawyers and privately behind the scene with lawyers. So I want to talk to John about this, get him perspective on this type of um, scandal where it involves both sides or very high-profile media figures, and how these types of things are settled, if it ever involves lawyers or if they just decide to not go that route. Here's our interview with Florida lawyer John Phillips. Well, we are joined right now by John Phillips. He's a lawyer here in Florida who's dealt with a lot of high-profile cases, some including sports, some including entertainment, so he kind of knows this world. John, thanks for joining us today. Hi. Good to see you, Scott. So talk to me about this dynamic. I want to start with... You kind of know the cons and the con family. You know how they work here in Florida. They're saying in their report when they fired him, there was kind of a legal committee. Talk to me about the decisions and, and what AEW as a company would have to do with such a high-profile firing before they decide to go that route. Right. Well, obviously, we know the Cod family owns multiple sports franchises, right? They own the Jaguars. And, and we know from some of the Jaguars issues that they have a entire general counsel's office that looks at licenses and looks at, at issues when, when there's exposure. And, and that spreads like peanut butter across some of their other businesses. I, I know some of their attorneys, you know, look at other cases. And when you have a high profile incident or an incident, you know, related to an employee like CM Punk, you certainly want to ask the lawyers, hey, we want to do this right. We, we want to avoid exposure from lawsuits. We want to try to, uh, you know, get this right that we're not setting him for a layup in court. And, you know, it was interesting. They, they, they according to the, the releases, they put it through a discipline committee that was unanimous and they put it through general counsel's office. Um, but I would expect an organization as big as AEW to have a pretty robust set of attorneys. So Tony Khan does something that kind of raised a lot of eyebrows. Right after the firing, he goes on the next broadcast and doesn't address to the viewers of why he did this, saying, quote, his life was in danger. He's kind of got some flack about that online. Um, does that expose him at all, or do you think he knew what he was doing when he did that? My experience with Tony Khan is he's a good guy that 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 wants to be liked, right? And he's got this audience leaned in, tuned in. Some tremendously support CM Punk. Some have followed him for decades. And he he 
he wanted to get it out there and certainly explain in a way that that this was serious. And and when you say things such that my life was threatened, you put it on the line. That that could be really? considered defamation. So um, yeah, let, let me get to the possible CM Punk side of this if he wanted to go the defamation route. Yeah, I don't know that he will, but let's start with the, his options there. D does he have an option here? I mean, this is a very public firing. Um, AEW puts out a statement and a written statement, which kind of looked like it his ducks in order. Then Tony Khan goes on television, says he felt his life was threatened. If I'm CM Punk's attorney, am I looking at that and thinking there might be something here we can work with? He should definitely talk to an attorney. And, and, and it, and it depends ultimately, like any employee, on their contract, right? So defamation cases are hard to prove. Litigation can be messy. Depositions can be public. You know, AEW and other wrestling organizations certainly have secrets, uh, including, you know, how things are scripted. Um, but they also have an obligation to keep the filmmakers safe and the production safe and so, you know, normally people think of all this violence and 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 the fighting that happens, but all the filmmakers themselves are safe because they know where the players are going to be. When a real fight happens, and and tempers truly flare, it creates it creates these issues. And so now we got to figure out what what the truth of the matter is. And and he certainly would have court options. The, the other side of it is. I imagine his contract has some level of non-disparage, non-compete, severance uh, issues within there. And, and a lot of employment contracts now have arbitration agreements where even if he were to sue, it would be this private confidential arbitration that would decide these issues, not necessarily the court of public opinion and civil courts of Florida. So on the other aspect of this is we've seen fights like these backstage before in wrestling before Vince McMahon had a high profile one. He was punched by Bret Hart in the nineties. A guy named nails was involved. We never really see lawsuits come out of it is, I mean, if I'm just a random employee and I have this issue with my boss, I'm going to think maybe I'll go hire a lawyer, but this is a different world. This is extremely high profile. Everyone would follow this. I mean, not everyone may want to go the route of getting a lawyer. I mean, yes, but this is a multi-million dollar impact to CM Punk, right? So yeah. at some point, if he's got a non-compete and he can't go wrestle again, he's got a big problem about where his career goes. And, and you know, we talked about the, the robust general counsel's office. They also settle cases. And, and if, if they don't want, you know, Tony Khan deposed and they don't want their PR machine uh, to take a hit, you know, oftentimes you see an early mediation or, or, a, you know, a, a meeting of the attorneys um, where, you know, I, I've walked into rooms and, and walked out with satisfaction and nobody ever knew. And it's tied up in confidentiality, uh, you know, but with this one, people are going to be asking questions for weeks, months, if not, you know, longer. Is it possible that there's things that uh, probably AEW would also CM Punk doesn't want in the public eye? I mean, if he goes 
the legal route, uh, I mean, if there's video or testimony of, of some sort of fight backstage that does not look good for him, is that something he may want to avoid as well? Because that may come out in court. Look, you know, no pun intended, this was a black eye for, for everybody. Uh, certainly, I'm sure uh, CM Punk would, would love to express, look, I'm sorry for what happened. Now, his lawyers would say, listen, don't, don't make any apologies, don't admit anything. Um, and, and the same goes for AEW. You know, you just, you just don't know. We weren't there. But it, it, there's so much involved that, that it's why people, I think, are largely quiet about it. And, and you know, as the, as the Eagle song goes or Don Henley song goes, you know, lawyers will clean up the small details. Well, John Phillips, entertainment and sports lawyer based here in Florida. John, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. So he brought up a lot of interesting things um, that this could very easily be dealt with quietly if it does need to be legally dealt with. That lawyers would do this under the radar and the fan base would never know that there was some sort of settlement. Um, so that's possible. Um, and, and what does CM Punk want to do from here? Um, he, uh, our interesting perspective from Turnbuckle Tavern when they said that CM Punk might be a little more inclined to WWE because it's no longer WWE anymore. It's now this merged hybrid with Endeavor and UFC. And maybe his relationship is a little different with the new current board structure that once this merger is totally complete in, in days, if not weeks, that he'll be a little more inclined to say, yeah, I'd like to go back to um, WWE under the Endeavor ownership because he did work with uh, UFC for a while. So we'll have to see what happens with Punk. We'll have to see what happens with AEW. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, um, or others. What the general mood of the locker room is now that he's gone. It's something we'll be watching. Of course, we'll put updates on the Ad Going Ringside TikTok channel and Instagram channel as they come in. That's uh, our effort to unpack the CM Punk AEW drama. Uh, it has certainly been one for the Jacksonville-based wrestling company trying to offload their highest profile wrestler. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. We'll see you back here next week. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.